So today, like I said, we are going to go to New Zealand with Gwen Nicholson. Welcome, Gwen. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you, Shaha. <laughs> are you excited about this? I am indeed. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, Gwen, I, I think it's so uh, interesting, actually, the time difference that we have between here, Utah in the United States, and New Zealand. So for me right now, it is Wednesday, 2 p.m. What time is it in your place? It's 8 a.m. Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> it's so, I mean, you're already there tomorrow. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so uh, I want first, uh, Gwen, for you to tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and what got you interest in art as a whole? Um, I've always been interested in art ever since I was a child and I can remember um, doing a lot of paintings and drawings and things as a child and everyone used to say, wow, they're good. Um, and I remember when I was in my teens, I sent away through a magazine to a place in Australia for some art agility or ability test and they came back and said, you know, wow, we'd love to have you in our academy. How did you manage to do that without all the tricks of the, um, you know, the tricks of the trade with enlarging things? And um, so I sort of got an indication early on from others that maybe I did have a little bit of talent. And I've dabbled with artistic things all my life. Um, I've been one of those people that's kind of jumped from one craft to the next to the next, and I've done scrapbooking and cartooning and I had a screen printing business for a number of years where I was um, doing t-shirt designs and things but I didn't find that particularly stimulating because I was really doing what everyone else wanted and not what I wanted so um, over the years it's just been playing with it because I've had a full-time career all my life mm -hmm. and um, in the mid to late 2000s I actually got some problems with my hips and I couldn't sit anymore so I decided to leave my full-time job and I was looking for something to do and I found Paverpole at a craft show in Australia where I was living at the time. Oh that's cool and we I want you to talk more about what what really uh, inspire you to get to that to that line of products but before I do I want to remind everyone I forgot that at the beginning that we are live and the main reason we go live is because we love your participation right so if you have a question to Gwen uh, you have a chat box either beside or below or a comment box depending on where you're watching Post the peak, uh, post post the the question there, and I'll get here and ask her, and she will answer to you. We are broadcasting to several different places, but we are monitoring them. So you may be on Twitter, on Facebook, on on I don't know even on YouTube or or at favermondo.com. Right there, the questions we will monitor, and I'll ask her. But the other thing I want to tell you, Gran, is would you like to know how many countries are watching you right now? I really would like to know. Okay. Because some people say, no, no, don't tell me the countries. I get nervous. But I actually think it's awesome. We have right now watching you US, UK, Canada, New Zealand, Luxembourg, Singapore, Brazil, South Africa, Turkey, Spain, Poland, let me take a breath. Romania, Belgium, Sweden, Greece, Netherlands, Colombia, Australia, uh, Switzerland, Italy, France, Germany, and I just saw one more here, Ireland. All these people interested in your art. Isn't that phenomenal? Oh, wow. <laughs> so It's amazing. It's amazing. Now, you told me that you were in Australia on a craft show and you got in touch with this. What attracted you? I mean, on a craft show, you probably have hundreds of thousands of products around, right? What, what caught your attention about this? Um, well, primarily, I was looking for something that I could do standing up, which is um, what i saw a lady demonstrating it and she was standing and i thought oh that looks interesting and then um as i got a little bit closer to the demonstration it was just um i don't know i just said i have to do this and 
then um, I went to Sydney to the Sydney Craft Show, which is huge, and um, the same lady was there demonstrating, and I did a little mini workshop, and I made a chick on a stick, which I still carry around. In fact, it's in my garden right outside the window where I'm looking, uh -huh. and it's still surviving after all those years. I, it was 2007, somewhere around there, 2008, and it's still doing very well in my garden. That's all those years cool. later how, how how big is that one um just a, just about you know this big and it's it's um on a great big long garden like cane so you can just poke it into the ground that's cool so you you made the chicken you got all excited <clears throat> uh but then you decided to take this further tell me about it well i decided to train to be an instructor because I was looking for things to do. And it wasn't long after that, that we made the decision to move back to my home country of New Zealand. And the paper pole um, distributor in Australia who had trained me, that was Denise Keeley, um, offered me a distributorship for the product in the South Island in New Zealand because they already had a distributor in the North Island. And um, over time, the North Island distributor didn't do it anymore so i took on the distribution for new zealand and ultimately took over the import rights from denise and she's now retired from paper pole and it's got a new owner in australia that we've got a very good relationship with That's cool. and um it's um you know like I, so now i import the products for new zealand and and do it all online mail order that's very cool. Now, Gwen, do you have a piece nearby that you can show? So just we want just to give a touch uh, of inspiration of what's possible in these sculptures. Do you have any anyone by you? Well, I have everything right behind me at arm's yes. length that I can grab. Um, okay, grab so one. So probably I'll grab this little girl because she's nice and light. <laughs> Look at that. Okay. Tell, tell me a little bit about her. What did you use there? Um, she's made with a very fine wire frame and tin foil. And then um, all of this that you see on the legs is uh, actually started out as photocopy paper. Oh. And I didn't like the look of it. So I covered it with paint and then covered it with some um, dressmaking pattern tissue applied with paper pole this skewer is made with wrappers and it's made off the off the doll you know like it's not on the sculpture when it was made it was made on the table so i scrunched up some tin foil and laid this all over the top of it and let it dry and then after it was dry i put it around the waist and it's connected to the body here with with paper plast mm -hmm. which is another one of my favorite um, mediums and um, the head, the head is just some paper plast as well. Uh-huh. And um, it's I've added some wire and some other bits and pieces that you can That's see. So I hope cool. you can see that well. Yeah. Yes. And then there's another paper pro product on the bottom of this. It's the paper scrub, which oh. gives you the um, that stony look at the bottom. Yeah. And of course, her little boots have just been made with some clay. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Now, Gwen, we, we have a whole right show of products to show that you're going to comment on them. But first, I want to talk a little bit. So you are in New Zealand, and I know it's one of the most gorgeous countries in the world, right? It has been on my bucket list for, yes, I know it is. It's been on my bucket list for a while to visit. And actually, my sister had the privilege to uh, be in New Zealand for about three or four months, and she loved it. Uh, what do you say if we show a little bit of New Zealand to our people here? That would be wonderful. Awesome. Very nice country. I just love living here. I bet, yes. Let's watch. This is just the town centre where I live. Nice. It's a very small township. Um, we've only got about 50 or 60,000 people in Richmond. Um, but coupled with the city that adjoins us, we've got around about 100,000 in the Tasman and Nelson districts. That's the view out of my kitchen window. Mm. And the Gorgeous. sunset from my dining room window. 
Now, these are some of my family. My son's in the fishing industry, and that's my daughter. It's my son. He races cars, and a grandson who's doing karate, and my granddaughters who race carts. Of course. Oh, and of course, that's my husband's bus that he drives. And this is Mount Ruapehu, which is an active volcano in New Zealand. And that's at Taranaki, another beautiful shot in the mountains. And that's the pancake rocks that are on the west coast. And this is Weta Workshop, which you've probably heard of, a most famous place for the movies with Peter Jackson. Beautiful. And this is just, these were taken on a very, um, very dull day. So on a sunny day, all that water is bright, blue and beautiful. These are taken over at Motowaka, which is about a half hour journey from where I live, but it's very pretty over there. So we went over there and did a little round in the car one day, just just to get some local snapshots of things that we really like. Uh -huh. This is the apples that are grown in abundance in our region. It's a very high food producing area. And they sell them in roadside stalls like this. Some of the Maori art at a school and in, in the parks. Mm -hmm. And this is one of my favourite shops at Mapur that has a lot of art. As you can see, we're a very arty town in Nelson. Yeah, good. Lots of artistic people. Um, this is a, a go-to place for all the tourists, of which we have thousands in, you know, in normal times. That's our little camper. Uh -huh. Just a typical New Zealand garden, typical New Zealand countryside. Nice. It's very beautiful. I know, I know. It's so exciting. Now, uh, you were in the south, you mentioned, right? Yes, the top of the South Island. Uh -huh. uh, I have a comment here. Sally is saying, uh, do, uh, Gwen, do you always do people or, or do you also do animals? I do everything um anything i can imagine i make that's good that's good from um yeah animals birds dragons dogs mm -hmm. bugs anything in that's fact good. i have to show you this cute little bug oh, oh everything's yeah. back to front here i have to show you this cute little bug this bug is um a wetter new zealand wetter oh and it's that's about actual size of really of the giant wetter that's, That's one of our biggest insects. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist making this. <laughs> okay. Did you ever make make a, a kiwi? Yes, I have. Uh, they, they, yeah, they... and chickens. Oh, really? Every, all kinds of animals then? Yeah, roosters, everything. But they, most of them go, you know, like they sell at all the markets that we do. We all or we go to shows for advertising and everything just walks, you know, like I don't get to keep very much. Yeah, In fact, I've got a very sad story about my recent big lot of sales of sculptures that went to a shop in the North Island. A man came and bought six or seven pieces and he took them home and put them in the shop and the next day it burnt down. Oh. So we lost them all. <laughs> that was one a sad story. You know, it's, it's uh, interesting that with all the artists that we talk, they use uh Paul, that's always the story that they go to art art walks or shows or or galleries and really the products sell extremely well right it's it's interesting mm. it has a big appeal to people uh stephanie is saying pretty trees beverly Oliwa is saying beautiful susan Barr, beautiful country and and also saying that's a big bug i i would be scared to be around <laughs> that guy that's for sure <laughs> That's fun. It's called a wetter. Wetter, okay. But is, it doesn't yes. bite you or anything, right? Uh, I don't think I'd want it on my hands. They're so <laughs> ugly for real. Uh, <laughs> now, you mentioned uh, shows that you go to, and of course, as a, as a distributor, you give courses and certification. Uh, how, I, I know New Zealand did really well in controlling the the virus right I, I know your country did an excellent job on that but how 
How has, uh, you know, last year, how was it for you? Were you able to give classes? Are you giving classes right now? Tell me the picture of where Still how giving classes, yes. Um, we don't have any restrictions in New Zealand at all with COVID um, at the moment. It's good. But um, COVID was actually very good for me in, in that everybody was stuck at home and wanted things to do. So mm -hmm. the product sales went through the roof for a while and it was it was a very busy time. That's very good. But yes, we're still doing the workshops. Um, I'm actually going to be traveling to the North Island in another month's time to do two workshops in areas where we don't have any instructors. Uh -huh. And I've had a couple of requests for workshops up in the central North Island and um, on the east coast of the North Island. So we're going to take a little two week trip around and and go and do some workshops in the North Island as well. Mm -hmm. that's, that's good. So there, there was minor disruption. Can we say that for you? For me personally, yes. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of businesses, all the businesses that, um, that uh, you know, had things to sell where people could do stuff at home did very well, yeah. as well as um, places like car yards and things like that did well because no one could spend their money anymore on holidays overseas, so they all started buying new cars. Yes, 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 yes. And, and this is happening uh, in quite a few places, including... Uh, the fact that some people, because they had to, to stay on lockdown, especially here in the U.S., they started saving money because they were not going out to eat and doing things like that, which, you know, I, I don't know how much you know about the culture here, but saving money is not something that is uh, a priority. But now they did. So now that things are, you know, getting to a normal stage again, guess what? They're spending Right, and that benefits a lot of yes. businesses. Yes. Uh, yeah. We have, same here. Same yeah, thing. Same hint. Same thing. Uh, we have a slideshow with some of your pieces that I want to show now to people, and you are welcome to comment on each one how you use. I don't know uh, if if we can slow down so she can talk about each one, but feel free to comment. And again, everybody, if you, you're going to see the pieces now, and that's the moment you start getting inspired. If you have questions, submit them. We're, we're monitoring everywhere. So let's watch those pieces. Oh, this one is not um, paper pole. This one is just some of my other art, but those are um, wax. That's encaustic art. It's just three or four of those. Now that's a an art piece that I entered into a wearable art show, and I actually won the recycle section with it. So it's made with paper pole and tea bags. Wow! Oh, tea bags. Okay. And, a lot of tea bags in there. Hundreds of them. Wow! And which prize did you get? Oh, uh, I won the recycle section. Oh, amazing! It was recycled tea bags. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. But the teapot on the top is made with tea bags, and the, the cups hanging on the um, rod are also made totally of tea bags stuck together with paper pole. So it's been, it was a very fun project. Uh -huh. Now, those are some birds that were made in a, a workshop at a school with eight year olds, and they're very similar to the one that we're featuring on the little thing shortly. So they created those pieces. Those little ones were all made by eight to ten-year-old children. Wow, yes, that's very good. Oh, those are a couple of my other art pieces as well that were there um, made with the same armatures as we use in paper pole. There's a little bit of paper pole in those, but most of them are just um, fabric for those okay. particular ones. This I've, little guy I've done is some awesome. of my. This little guy's got paper pole in him. He's all stuck together with paper pole. Uh -huh. He's um, clay boots, and that's a gourd, the purple bit in the oh, middle. it's a gourd. Okay. Yes. And then a velvet jacket and a little hat. And I've made, I sculpted the face and made the little glasses and everything, and it's just wool for hair. Uh-huh. That's a very cool body. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, that's another gourd, and that's made with paper pole. Um, a lot of the components have been stuck together with paper pole, especially the roof. Um, that's all popsicle sticks. Oh. And um, there's bamboo canes around for the little veranda and 
Uh, the bottom of it's done with art, stone and pebbles and things like that. Uh-huh. And those little mushrooms are made from art stone as well. Oh, that's the um, similar girl to the one that we just looked at. Uh-huh. Same process. I think that's the back view of her by the look of the shoes. And that's the that one that one, you sh yes, I showed you showed. just before. Uh-huh. Yeah, but now we can see a close-up. Oh, look at this one. Oh, uh, now that one's a bit, that's a, a, a bit more ambitious project. That was oh, a, a child, that's full-size tricycle with a child on it. Very all cool. paper pole how, how big is that well it's just a normal child's tricycle so it would oh. be um probably a meter high okay so i have to to ask you uh the inside what did you use aluminum what is it um for that one i would have used heavy aluminium rods for the um frame uh -huh. because the the um we'll see um, right after this yes yeah heavy there's heavy aluminium inside that all um taped not taped together when i'm putting it together and i can't weld it i put it together with hose clips mm -hmm. because that holds them nice and strong and it's all then shaped with aluminium foil and then done in the normal way that's awesome just that's, the same that's as a phenomenal one. piece i love it Yes, they, I, they were very popular. They don't last very long when I make them either. Uh-huh. And the tricycle in itself, is it a vintage uh, tricycle that you used? Yeah. Yeah, yeah just an old-fashioned child's tricycle, and I gave it a bit of a blasting and painted it with a spray can. And, and um, nice. I actually like to make them, too, with broken wheels and things. Uh -huh. And I often make them, like, with the child sitting on, pointing down at the broken wheel or... Oh. or you know, like a child standing in the tray, and um, and I also make um, I've well, I have made full size bicycles with um, you know, full size people on them. There's oh. some of those on my website, so on the gallery, so that if anyone wants to have a look, I made an entire family at one stage, and and the same lady bought the whole lot, so they're all in her garden as a family riding through oh, the park, cool. riding through her park like garden. See. There are no limits. And it's amazing. It's a great, great idea, this one. Do we have another one? There we go. A little taxi lady. Yes, yeah, she's one of the ones that, that um, got lost in the fire, unfortunately. Aww. So she doesn't exist anymore. But she's um, she's made with uh, paver sand, paver, uh -huh. paver plast, art stone and paver sand. And she has nothing on but the doily. Oh, so how many pieces did you lose in the fire? Uh, there were about six or eight pe eight pieces, I think, they bought and took to their shop. And then it it, um, it burnt down the day after he put them all in the shop for sale. Oh, the next day. It was, it was a bit oh. sad. Oh, yeah, it is sad. Of course it is. Uh, Sally's saying, uh, Gwen, do you have a website you sell your art? No. No, I don't sell it on the. I don't sell it online. Okay, usually I don't. On, on I can't shows. keep up with the. I wouldn't be able to keep up with the demand. I don't think I've um, had a few health issues for a couple of years, so I've kind of wound back the production of my own artwork a little bit. But I'm just starting to get back into producing more again now. Uh huh. Nice. Uh, Elena is asking, can you show us the white doll angel behind you, and how did you make the wings? Can you show us that piece? I can. This is a, a very special piece, actually, that I made for um, by request for a friend who was um, in her last few days of life, and it was made and taken to her funeral. And I've treasured it ever since. Um, this, can you see that? Yes. Can you see that well enough? Uh, the wings are. These are just aluminium wire that we use for all of our sculptures and that's this this aluminium wire uh -huh. it's um three meter three millimeter very soft flexible wire that we use for building all of our frames mm -hmm. um and it's it's just bent into the shape and i've gone i've covered the wire with wrappers 
and then put a little bit of paper plaster on that to make it smooth. And then um, I've hung relief decoration on it. Mm -hmm. So, and there's a little bit of um, laddered stockinette as well. The okay. stockinette that we use for the shawls and things. Um, and there's lace and things in this one as well. She's got some lace down the front of her and she's oh, wow. fairly bulky to fit in this uh -huh. screen, but she's she's one of my favorite pieces. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And the gorgeous. hair is just stockinette as well. Uh-huh. And, and you heard uh, Grant talk about the relief, the art stone, uh, and, and several other <clears> things <throat> that she uses there. Well, they are all part of the line of products from Paver Paul. Again, if you're curious, there are three websites running on your screen. One is for the U.S., then the other one is for New Zealand, and paverpaul.com is the main website where you, if you click on distributors, you will find people near you that can help you with that. Uh, Arlene is saying, direto do Brasil, right from Brasil, kisses to you. Obrigada, Arlene. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, that is really cool with the recycled tea bags. Sally Mason, did you make the violin on the gourd man? That gourd man, I think you have it near you, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, well, yes, I did make the violin. I think it's he's my, my favorite so far. The violin's made from... Um, Balsa wood. Balsa wood. And you, and you carved it? Yes. Oh, wow. Nice. It's just, it's just balsa wood, you know, that very soft wood uh -huh. that you can make model airplanes from. Children make model airplanes. We can buy it in our local hardware store up to kind of an inch thick, and I just bought a, a uh -huh. stick of it. And this is just a piece of bamboo cane, and those are just um, little cotton strings soaked in paper pole as well. And a few little bits and pieces on there to. to and then the um, body that is a gourd is a phenomenal idea. Yes, it's a gourd. Uh -huh. Yep. And the boots are made with um, epoxy sculpt clay. Okay. Very, very cool. Yeah, I think this guy's my favorite. Uh, yeah, Susan my, Barth, one, of, one of mine. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I, I love gourds, and I think it's becoming. A lost art because there used to be very good artists here in the U.S. There still are some, but it's it's a it's an art form that is dying. We we have here about two farms that still uh, have gourds and sell, but it's being tough to have to have the younger generation embrace doing art or crafts with gourds. And they, they are so, you can, there's so many things and techniques that you can use with them as well. And we just saw that combining that with Power Paul furthers even the road that you can take with those. Yeah, I learned to do that at a, um, a craft retreat that I go to in Australia every year in Canberra. Um, there's a contemporary craft retreat they run over there. And one of the workshops that was run that I didn't do but some of my friends who traveled over with me did was a giraffe made with a gourd uh -huh. and a lot of paper bowl and stuff in it as well and I think that's what um gave me the idea to use the gourds in my uh -huh. artwork so we've actually started growing a few and we've got we've probably got a dozen or two in stock now ready for me to use oh nice that's good that's good and I think you have the perfect weather for them there so very cool and yeah. you know the this guy what is impressive to me with the gourd is that it's very refined the end result right so perfect mm. perfect uh elena is saying that the angels the say it again go ahead there's, a, there's one more up the back there um oh. black and white one that is let's up see. the back there as well that's made with a gourd oh yeah um, let's see that and oh, why, this one's a bit of a wacky one. Okay. And why you do that, to... Elena is saying that your angel is gorgeous. And Sally Mason is saying, love anything made with gourds. See? We have fans here. Me too. I, I love gourds. Now this one's this one was a bit of fun. She's oh. um I call I call her barely angelic, this one, uh -huh. because she's fairly revealing in the front. Uh -huh. She's she's a gourd with paper. This is all done with paper pole, and underneath here I've stuck. I don't know if you can see the pattern clearly, but I've done that with kitchen string in paper pole and just wound it all on to give the nice pattern for her buttocks. <laughs> so so what and exactly got... is kitchen string? 
I'm not familiar. Just string string that you use in the kitchen. You know, a ball of string like oh. like this. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's just okay. a ball of string. Uh. And it's wound on and, and glued on there. Okay. And then um, her wings are made with baby muslin mm. and paper pole. Everything's lots of paper pole in all of them. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. This looks piece. like it's paper plast in here as well. Um, you know, there's lots of lots of paper pole in everything I do. Very cool. Very nice. So, so Gwen, what if we show them now uh, where you work? I think we have a video about your studio, right? Yes, there's a few shots. Unfortunately, my studio is such that you can't kind of do a very good walkthrough. Uh -huh. And because I've had to change some things around for this, for this, um, I can't show you it live. So I decided to do some shots to send to you. Okay, let's let's watch. Let's see that. That's the um, area that I store the paper pole in that goes out for my sales, the distribution shelves. Just a few shots of that. I call it paper pole alley, and that's just a, uh, when I'm working myself, that's the shelf that's right behind me at the moment, all covered up with, with sculptures, but um, that's mm. just access. Uh, and yeah. that's my favorite piece of equipment, my most favorite purchase ever, the toolbox. Oh, it's yeah. all slide out drawers with all my scissors and things are all in there, pliers, the uh -huh. whole lot. Uh, that's that's the area that I teach in. That's for the classroom. Uh -huh. I can fit six or eight, six, seven people in there and another couple on the table that I'm working on at the moment. Nice, nice. So that's down the other end of this room. I've got about 60 square meters in this room, so it's a nice size. Very good. Uh, that's just in my little gallery pieces. area. Nice. Yeah, there's another one there of the tea lady in the background. Uh-huh. And there's a gourd hanging on the right-hand side. Uh-huh. Can, can we show that again so we can see? Oh, yeah, yes. just on the right-hand right side by the curtain. That's a, a gourd that I've just carved. This, um, an interesting one. That was in, uh, It's got flames and things all over it. It was inspired by the bushfires in Australia. Uh-huh. And the big piece that you have there, uh, how how big is that guy? The one, the one over by the window. Uh huh. You mean the one by the window? Well, the the one that is beside the violin guy. You see, there is a big, big one. That's that's the tea bag one. That's oh, that's size. the tea bag one. Oh. Yes, and it's life size. Amazing. That's a full size mannequin that it's on at the moment. So, and so, the one in the middle uh -huh. of the shot, the African lady, that's another big one. She's up behind me as well at the moment. But okay. she, um, that's another big one. Awesome. So for this big uh, tea bag guy, how long did it take you to make that? Oh, I can't, I, I didn't count the hours, to be honest. I just did little bits of it. And at different times, I made the vest at one stage and the skirt another day and you know, it, it would have been dozens of hours. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, it's impressive. Uh, now, Gwen, of course, we are all in different countries and prices vary a lot, situations vary a lot. But give us an idea of when you sell your pieces, uh, grab one of them and tell me more or less how much you would charge for that. Um, the basic things that we usually sell the most of are just the little sitting and standing ladies, you know, the standard um, little ones up the top here. Can you see those at the very top? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, I sell those for about a hundred dollars each. Okay. Just over. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Um, that African lady that's that's up the back, just just beside my head. Mm -hmm. If I move that yes, way, yes, there it is. Um, yeah. I would probably I would probably sell her for two or three hundred because there's a lot of work and uh -huh. a sculpted face in her. Um, the little garden balls over on the right, on the very edge of the thing behind me, those, there's a lot of little balls there and a, some hearts. Those are just stakes that all that stick into the garden. Oh, and okay. um, I sell those for about $40 for a set of three, $45 oh. or so. I, th I think I've... I probably underpriced, underpriced my work a little bit. <laughs> but um, as I'm 
as I'm getting a bit more confidence in my own abilities, mm. uh, I'm hiking the prices up a little bit. Okay. And the garden pieces, like the ones you have, those are, can I say, they're kind of fast to make? Yes, very. Uh -huh. Okay. And how many, how many classes do you think on a normal year you give? Uh, not enough. Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would try and do a dozen if I could. Uh -huh. But I don't often achieve that. I, I, as I said, I've had a few medical issues and some surgeries, so that's kind of um, put the brakes on me a little bit. But if I can fit in at least one or two a month, I'm very happy. Uh huh. That's nice. What I, oh, the reason I'm asking you this is because, uh, of course, you're talking about your art and you're showing the products that can be used. And you mentioned they can go in the garden. You have the chicken there for years now, uh, so this may inspire people as well not only to try the medium in itself but to understand that they can uh, cre create a career or have a, you know we call here the in the u.s a side hustle so something that they sell during summer and things like that and like i said with every single person that we talk so far that sell uh, sculptures with Power Paul, they sell really easily, right? Beverly is here on the chat with us. She's from Canada and she does the art walks, for example, in Canada and sells extremely well as well. So do you, do you see this as a possibility for people? Yes. And I've got a team of instructors around the country, um, nice. probably about eight or nine really active instructors at the moment. Um, and one or two of those are doing workshops, you know, once or twice a week uh -huh. and wow. doing very, very well. Wow. Uh, it's, it's a, a different, if you put your mind to it and work hard at it, you can do very, very well out of it. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm so very lucky that I've got some very talented people in the team in New Zealand and um, I can't praise them high enough. Their work's outstanding and their energy and enthusiasm for paper poles just wonderful uh-huh yeah i agree with you and there is the add-on that even though you you have distributors and power pole in almost every country is it still something very new right so as a person that you're thinking i would like to create art and sell my art uh, you need to understand that the moment you, you create these sculptures and you put it out there for people to see, and, they, and, and you can say, I use, like Gwen said, I, I use aluminum, I use tea bags, I, I use t-shirts, and this can go in the garden. They go, oh my gosh, I want to do this too. So for you to become an instructor or to start making your things and sell, it's quite a good opportunity because it is still something very new. Here in the US, for example, Gwen, uh, not a lot of people are aware of PowerPoint, which gives a lot of possibilities, right, for new instructors and, and, and people selling their art. And I believe it is, it is like that. I mean, you have, a, you said eight or 12 instructors around the country and they find people once or twice a week to give a workshop that alone is is a success story right because most people say yes. oh every three or four months i give a workshop with four people i i know because i deal with a lot of artists and you're saying no they can get people every week if they want to yeah one of one of them in particular does you know like 10 or 15 people in a workshop quite regularly wow. uh -huh. um and and the the whole team's just amazing they they work really hard at it. They go out to fates and uh, shows. Even We even do agricultural shows and all sorts of things. Okay. I spent probably the first five years or more of the time when I've, since I've been doing the promoting, mm -hmm. um, going to garden shows, home shows, agricultural shows, and... I worked very hard for probably five or six years and now I'm taking more of a back seat and the instructors are out there doing those mm -hmm. kind of things. Um, yeah. But I'm still doing the, still doing that kind of promoting, but I just do less. But if I go to a show, I know that I'm going to come home with probably two to $3,000 worth of workshops. Not bad, right? For a show, mm. not bad at all. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's great. I, I love that. And I, I like your approach as well. For example, with the example of the tea bag, the girl in the, 
in the by the tricycle uh, it tells me that you you look f to a new purpose for used objects and i think w we all should run that route not only because yes, you you're recycling yes right you you're you're avoiding things to to end up in the wrong place like the bottom of the sea, but you also giving a new story to the pieces. So that tricycle will now live, who knows? At one point, a kid was riding that for real, and now it's a beautiful piece of art. And how many things we go by during a day that we don't pay attention that we could turn that into a gorgeous piece and give a new purpose to the piece itself, right? Well, I have a collection of what most people would consider junk around my yard. Uh -huh. um, I have saw blades, bicycles, um, digger teeth, all sorts of bits and pieces that I plan to use to put paper pole sculptures on. Uh -huh. At the moment, some of them are just garden pieces on their own, but I, every now and again, I'll grab one and bring it in and mount something on it. Um, I just And I, I just found a, a, the most amazing thing at a junk shop um, just a, a month or two ago, and it's the it's the big horn thing off an old gramophone. You know those old old gramophone horns. Oh. And uh, it, I'm going to put a sculpture inside it. I just can't wait to do it. That's nice. See, I love I love this. Uh, it's reinventing and giving new purposes to pieces. Uh, Irina is saying, how tall is the beautiful African lady behind you? Um, nearly a, about a meter. About a meter tall. Yes. Uh, how, how many? I'd bring her down, but she won't fit on the screen, and she's very heavy. She's on a big um, limestone base, so she's oh, very really? heavy. Oh, nice, nice, nice. So about a meter tall. It's about three feet tall. So wow, That's almost right. my size. Two feet more. It's my size. <laughs> <laughs> Sally Mason is asking, do you have a favorite color of power pole that you recommend starting with? Black. Black, really? Tell me why. Um, for a beginner, it's the easiest color to use because you can see very clearly if you haven't put enough paper pole onto the fabric because where there's no paper pole, it will be the, the white t-shirt material will um, be obvious if you haven't soaked it well enough. So. I recommend for every beginner not to use a light color and transparent paper pole. I think they should use black for beginning. And all of my workshops, pretty much all of my workshops, unless they are repeat workshops where ladies are coming back after having made the original ones, mm -hmm. um, then I give them the choice of colors. But for original workshops, I always go black and we we highlight them. The two ladies that you can see sitting up the top behind Mm -hmm. I never know which way. Yeah, um, way. Those are the standard sitting ladies that we do in our workshops. And I keep them small because um, I want someone to go home with something that they can um, just cherish, you know, some little thing that they can take home and decide whether they want to carry on or not. And my, my workshops are designed to teach people, rather than going home with a beautiful object, I actually concentrate a lot on giving them all the skills necessary that if they decide to buy some paper pole and go home they've got enough confidence to do it without um without referring back to me all the time mm -hmm. i mean i'm quite happy to talk to them if they want to but i just like to give them the skills to have the confidence to do it on their own right uh, better chances of success and i i love the tip about yeah. the black because it is true they will be visually they will see if they're covering everything, especially if they want to put it outside later, they must yeah. be sure everything is covered. Great tip, I, I, I love that. Uh, Sally Mason, do you, uh, you, you answer that. Uh, Stephanie, I love how colorful how ma so many of your pieces are. Yeah, um, unfortunately, what you can see in the background is just about everything that I have on hand at the moment because um, I've been selling and selling and selling and not replacing, so mm -hmm. I'm about to embark on another big making spree but yes i do like i do like um bright colors i'm very fond of them uh-huh 
Very cool. That's a very good problem to have, right? You don't have pieces because yeah. they sell. What's bad about that? So Gwen, we know that your website uh, is uh, powerpole.co.nz, is at the bottom of the screen. And that's the website where they can get, I assume, products. Uh, if they yeah. want to become a certified teacher in your country, is it the same website? And how do they take workshops in person with you since you're able to give those workshops right now? Um, there's, there's a contact form on my website for anyone who wants to book in for a workshop or they can just telephone me or email me. And um, the order form for products is also on the website. That's very good. So, of course... If I were near, anywhere near New Zealand, I would take a class with Gwen. That's a, a no-brainer. I would ask for something like that violin, man. I would make the first piece, second piece. <laughs> but yeah, that, that one caught my heart. Uh, of course, if you're in another country, like how many of us are, uh, again, Powerpo America, if you're interested in either buying products, getting a certification, you need a certification to be able to, to teach because, of course, you need to understand the the ins and outs of every single product in the line. And, or if you want to create your own pieces, you can start uh, experimenting with that. Uh, in other countries, you go to powerpole.com, click on distributors, and you will see the list of every country. And there is going to be somebody near you that can help you get in this rabbit hole, because that's what it is. You start looking, and as you watch all the Pavermondo interviews, you get inspired by this style and by that style and by the materials that the other artists use. And there is no end to this. So you want to make sure you at least jot down those websites if you cannot visit them later. Uh, Gwen Sally is uh, saying, being in New Zealand, do you create any hobbits or hobbit houses? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the little um, one behind me, just just over my, oh, this, no, this shoulder, oh, I don't know. I think this is so difficult. <laughs> this is the closest to a hobbit house, this one. Oh, cute, 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 cute. Any other pieces you would like to show us before we go? Um, no, I've I, um, been making the the little birds. Um, I, I think oh. I, I sent you some uh -huh. some footage on how to yes. make the, the bases for these. Oh, yes. Gwen, I, um, I almost forgot we have a tutorial to show. Good thing you remember, remind me of that. So those those oh. birds uh, are part of the tutorial. Yeah, on how to make the um, the base for this one, oh. like uh, this little this uh -huh. these little things, and some other little animal bases. That's what the tutorial's for. Very good. Just these little animal ones. Uh huh. Just basics, little basics. That's very cool. Show us again the bird. Let Let me see. Put in front of your camera. Look at this, look at this. Very cool, very cool. So what do you say if we watch the tutorial now? Yeah, it's only a short one, so that'll be fine. Yes, let's do it. Today, I just want to make a little mini tutorial to show you how to make a little polystyrene bird or animal frame. We will make the whole bird, but before I show you all the details on putting this little fellow together. I'll show you another little animal because you can adapt this method to any animal that you want. So pr pretty much we'll strip this back and show you. Um, the polystyrene ball I've taken, if you note on all the polystyrene balls they always have a little seam around them where they are um, pushed together in the making process. I always use that as a guideline for the centre. So for the legs for any four-legged animal, I draw a circle on the bottom so that I can get an even spacing. And I actually measure out how far from the center that I want to put these things and mark it before I make the holes. So these are just popsicle sticks. I've poked a, um, a craft knife just into the, into the body like that and then taken it away and, and poked the popsicle stick in as far as I want it. Usually just cut them in half and use a little piece like this. Dip it in paver pole before you put it in so that it stays there. So that's the legs. Now turning it over, the head 
we'll turn that over and sit it down something to remember when you're making them is to sit them down on here before the legs dry so that you make sure that you haven't got one of the legs that's not actually touching the ground so they have to be nice and even now the head is just another small polystyrene ball and I've taken another smaller still polystyrene ball and I've chopped it in half and then I've taken a slice off the outside of it to make this this shaped snout and it's a little bit thinner on one side than it is on the other as you can see just a little bit so that it gives that snout look and I've glued that on by poking a piece of uh, what do you call these skewers through through there and into the head and a bit of paper pole on both and that the the paper pole actually glues polystyrene to polystyrene very successfully so the sticks probably not necessarily but I do like to make everything nice and strong and the ears on this little pig I don't actually like these ones very much now that I've made them but for that I just made a, a little W out of this wire the same wire that I've used for the pig's tail and it's just um, stainless steel wire and I bend it with the pliers just it's it's too hard to bend with your fingers so I bend it with the pliers just to make the shape now if I was doing this again this is, I've had this for a little while I would put the ears separately out the sides here I wouldn't put them both together in the middle so I'll probably adapt that before I ever finish it um, and I just covered that with a little bit of foil tape but masking tape would do the job so now this just a little piece of old cane that I've been using in in the paper pole I just poke that into the paper pole and into the back of the head and then again into the body for the bird I've just used the same kind of ball and I'm using that central line again to mark the mark the center so that I get everything even um, again I've made the tail out of that same wire that we used for the pig's tail just a little piece of stainless steel wire from the hardware shop and I've made it into a heart shape and then I've taken the ends and twisted them together and put a little bit of masking tape round so that would get um, dipped in paper pole and poked into the body where you want it before I do that though I do cover this in masking tape because it gives me something to cover with the wrappers when I use them um, or if you're using other fabrics it gives you something for it to grip to so we cover that with masking tape and pop it in dipped in paper pole of course first and the wings are made exactly the same way they're just a circle of wire taped together at the end dip in paper pole and poke it in and they too are covered in masking tape you can put the wings on any angle or any shape you like I mean just you might want the wings facing back like that more and that's just depends on the angle that you put it into the body as to how it's going to look you might even want them flying um, up to you now the head is just like the pigs it's on a stick which is dipped in paper pole poked in there dipped in paper pole and poked on there and I don't give the birds a neck obviously because they don't need it now for the beak of the bird I usually either use the end of a sharp skewer just the very tip of it chop this piece off and poke that in or um, bend a piece of wire and poke that in and when once it's covered with wrapper it's nice and solid you could cover it with masking tape as well or you can shape a beak I just did this with the craft knife out of a popsicle stick so you can shape your own little beak and poke that in we might try and use that one today just for something different so that's a fairly big beak but that's okay it just changes the character of the bird if you want to push that in further and it's not going very easily a little tip is to use a sharp skewer and actually push it in first because once you've popped some of those cells in the polystyrene um, it will go in much easier and for eyes the eyes on these birds that I've made here those are just little beads from the two dollar shop and they're glued on the end of one of these skewers and then poked in you can use anything you like I think for mine today I'll just use some little pins so there's the basic structure of the bird now to mount it these birds that I've made here they've been mounted with a wire and I'll show you how in a moment 
but you can see the wire then wraps around and around the branch and because it goes around a couple of times it looks like a little bit like feet and so I've just used that method you can see this little bird here he's been covered with kitchen string just glued on no fabric at all on him just kitchen string and the tail is some cocktail sticks glued together as other wings this one has got kitchen string again and it's got twisted wire just like the pig's tail for its wing and tail and again just long feet long wires for the feet wrapped around there um, these birds are another another kind of bird that I've made for these ones the wires have got some epoxy sculpt clay over the top to form actual claws and feet and these birds are exactly the same construction but they've been made with art stone so back to this little fellow for mounting that wire this is a green plastic coated piece of wire that I get from our garden center and if I was wanting to do it like these other birds I just push it through here now before I get it up to where I've bent it I would put some masking tape around there pop, pop some polo, pop some paper pole on and push it in and then bend it down to where it's got to go because then the paper pole is going to hold it in there and it won't fall out so that's that's all there is to the legs when you want to do those you have to be just a little bit careful when you're winding them onto the stick that you don't pull it out of the body but if you've got some kind of fabric through here um, it's not going to come out anyway today I'm not going to use that particular wire for the legs I'm actually going to mount it on a little stand <clears throat> which I pre-prepared this is just a pair of chopsticks from the $2 shop and they come in a pair joined together I've just split them open a little bit and wound some strings around them paper pulled that on of course and just drilled some holes in this little piece of Hebel building block which is a nice light stone block and um, permanently in there and I'm going to just poke that bird on the top like that today so that covers the making of the polystyrene frames for a small animal or bird very cool it's a cute bird that's a very cute bird so Gwen, uh, Suzanne is asking, on your wor workshop, how many hours is the workshop? Uh, the standard sitting lady workshops start at about 9.30 and you usually finish by 3.30 to 4.30, depending on how much um, chatter between friends or uh, inattention we have during the <laughs> workshop or distractions where we might have a bit of fun, which usually happens. Oh, that's good. And they, they go home with the finished piece then? Yeah, I try and encourage them, if they're very local, to leave it for the night and do the highlighting the next day so that the um, sculpture is nice and dry before we highlight it. Otherwise, we have to spend a lot of time drying with hair dryers to get it dry enough for doing the highlighting. Uh -huh. Gwen, any final words to the people that are watching you today? Um, no, just thank you for taking the time to watch us and, and um, learning a bit more about Paverpole. It's just such a wonderful medium to use. Um, as I said, over the years, I've skipped from craft to craft to craft. And, you know, this one, I, I found Paverpole in 2008, somewhere around there, and I'm still doing it. Um, all these years later and I've not ever got sick of it so I guess that has something um, to say about it it's just an amazing medium uh -huh. it's also good for doing um, some other interesting things like repairing the garden furniture because it's got uh, because it's okay for outdoors it works very well better than PVA glue for mending the wooden furniture and all the things out in the garden <laughs> we've even mended axe handles and goodness knows what with it it's just an amazing product uh-huh that's so cool that's so cool and thank you so much not only for taking the time to be here with us but also for doing all those films i i know i think it was the first time for you 
that you try to do a yes. tutorial. So thank you Absolutely. for getting out of the comfort zone and you know being here with us. It was fun. I love to see your city and your pieces and the tutorial of the bird. I, I just keep taking. See, if I were to make something quick that I could sell, those birds would be the perfect thing uh, to get started and to see how, you know, it just uh, brings proof of all the possibilities be, uh, beyond that. So thank you so much, Gwen, for being here today. Well, thank you for the opportunity. It's been um, very good for me. That's good. That's good. So have a wonderful day. I think it's just starting the day. So uh, I'm, I'm already thinking about dinner. So, <laughs> so enjoy that. And again, everybody, if you are in New Zealand or, you know, you can uh, go there for a workshop, check Gwen's website, uh, powerpole.co.nz. Check the products as well. Check the certification. The, the instructor certification may be a whole new journey for you, so don't discard that. If you are in any other country, powerpaul.com, click on distributors, you will see the list of people that can help you. All those distributors, they have products, they have courses, and they offer certification. And here in, in the US, powerpaulamerica.com, uh, we will also guide you to, to the right place, okay? Or give us a call as well.